Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I know weekends are not what we're used to these days. And the idea maybe a good weekend is just getting some time outside or maybe it's me finding a way onto a golf course and doing so in a social distancing type of manner. But... Those little elements that we all kind of need day by day, week by week as we go through COVID-19 and we go through trying to get through this crisis, it was for me in many ways rather therapeutic. I'm trying to find those little things any which way I can, folks. Like today, my day consisted of, all right, breakfast, a run, golf, last dance, and then talking to you guys. And my goodness, the last dance, the last three weeks... Having that on Sunday and then getting to react to it and seeing all the stories and getting some of the insight, it's off the charts. Now, maybe this particular episode on Sunday kind of hit home a lot more to me. Two reasons. One, you see the great wars between the Knickerbockers and the Chicago Bulls. And listen, that is a rotten memory for me as a basketball fan. I mean, the Charles Smith sequence... Jordan lighting them up in games three and game four. But what I love so much about this particular episode on Sunday and what was so enjoyable for me is getting a chance to see how competitive and how fiery Michael Jordan was, not just on the basketball court, which goes without saying. I mean, we're talking about quite possibly the best, one of the best to ever do it. We all know Jordan had that competitive fire when he was playing those games on the court. But you see him, you know, with a security guard playing a quarter game. And when he ended up losing a security guard in a quarter game, it was like he lost to Patrick Ewing or to Isaiah Thomas. He was ticked off. You see him on the golf course. And, you know, anytime I'm with my buddies, and listen, I'm not a particularly good golfer. So in many instances, I am not usually rushing to throw my money on the golf course because I'm not very good. If I was good, it'd be a different story because, listen, I like to have a little fun. I like to roll the dice a little bit. Michael Jordan and I have that in common, which I found so, what's the word? Relatable. If I could ever find myself relatable to maybe the greatest basketball player ever, it's that idea. I don't like to lose. Many of us, in any form of like, guess what? We don't like to lose. But Jordan's playing golf, and they're basically betting thousands of dollars Hundreds of dollars will you make or miss this putt? Am I going to outdrive you? Am I going to beat you? The idea of Michael Jordan just being this uber competitor, it's not just on the basketball court. It's on the golf course. It's playing quarter games. And it's playing cards. Seeing some of those scenes, the $1,000 poker game, with Scottie Pippen and Ron Harper, and then uh, you got Will Perdue, and you got John Paxton playing for a buck of blackjack. And Jordan wanted in on the game because he loved the idea 
as he says in the documentary, or the players at least relate from the documentary, of taking your money. Michael Jordan, who doesn't need any money, who is, you know, as Teflon as it gets, love that idea of being able to kick your ass. And even though I'm a New York Knickerbocker fan, and even though for many of you, those Chicago Bulls teams are not exactly going to have the thoughts that would be near and dear in your heart. You watch that, and it's like, man, not only do I respect the hell out of this guy, that's like a dream guest to have in a golf foursome. My goodness, imagine playing golf with Michael Jordan. I mean, he put me in the poorhouse. That, that would be the problem because I would be tempted to take him up on one or two of these challenges, and I could guarantee it wouldn't go well. So the last dance was absolutely terrific. But what I love so much in addition to watching and the discussion around Jordan's competitive spirit was the idea of that Atlantic City trip. And we're going to have Sam Smith on the show, who was prominently featured in Sunday's episode. I wish I knew this. You know, you don't get the insider info of what they're going to talk about. But he joined me in our national program Saturday. And it was so good. It was so enjoyable. Some of the stories he was telling were so off the charts. We're going to replay that a little bit later on in the show. Because, listen, my overnight family deserves to hear some of the best guests that we can bring on to the station. So even though this was not a spot that was heard in my first hour on WFAN, we're going to replace Sam Smith a little bit later on. And I think you guys are going to get a kick out of that. And it's this whole idea of the Atlantic City trip that obviously got a whole lot of attention in New York. It got a whole lot of attention nationwide. And listen, the idea of Michael Jordan going down to Atlantic City Between game one and game two, who cares? Who cares? I mean, NBA players, I got news for you, uh, staying up late. NBA players are frolicking around town when you got a day off and you're in New York City in between games one and game two of a playoff series. Jordan getting a limo, going down with his pops, playing a few shoes of blackjack and then getting his ass back to New York City. That should not be the end of the world. But when you consider Jordan's ties to some members in the gambling community and what happened when he blew off going to the White House, it was front page news in the New York Times. And I do believe that article, that revelation, only fueled the fire for Michael Jordan that much more. Because there are certain guys, and we've seen this in sports over the years, There are certain guys you just don't want to, dare I say, poke the bear, right? You don't want to poke the bear. The article in the New York Times, the uproar from the media, and Jordan boycotting talking to anybody for about, what, two, two and a half weeks until you got to the NBA Finals, and he's sitting down with Ahmad Rashad. But all of that was basically the idea of Jordan saying, I'm going to show you. You think I'm distracted because I went down to Atlantic City? Go up, New York Knickerbockers. Now, there was a sense of cockiness from Jordan talking about those Knicks-Bulls rivalry days. And this is painful for me to admit, and I'm sure it's painful for many of you to admit and realize. Looking back on it now, what, 25, you know, 30 years after the fact. When the Bulls were at their best and the Knickerbockers were at their best, the Bulls were a better team. It's no secret. From Michael Jordan to Scottie Pippen, 
Yeah, the Knicks may have had a Patrick Ewing and a John Starks and a Charles Oakley. The Bulls were better because the Bulls had Michael. I would have loved to have lived the 93 Eastern Conference Finals knowing the Atlantic City revelation does not come out. Is that a different series? We'll never know. But the bear was poked. And certain guys cannot be poked in any way. If you haven't checked out the last dance yet, whenever they replay it, make sure it's on the DVR. Because I think if you're a New Yorker, and if you're just somebody that's into competition, the episode that was the second one, I think was my favorite so far in the series. And it's been great. I I can't get enough. I usually wait like a half hour, 40 minutes to dive into it because that way I go, boom. I watch the first, I watch the second, no commercials, enjoyable, away we go. For me to sit there and have to sit through commercials and this, it's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. So it's a perfect time for me to get some errands done, clean up, make the one-bedroom apartment. I mean, all this space I'm working with right now. My goodness. The mansion in Brooklyn, New York. No, not quite. Not quite. But we are definitely getting used to these friendly combines, let me tell you. But that way I get into it, boom. Rock and roll. Shoot right through the two episodes and kind of bask in the glory of that wonderful time in the NBA. Probably my favorite time of NBA basketball as somebody growing up watching those Jordan teams, watching those Knicks teams, NBA on NBC. I mean, it was must-see. The NBA, to me, at that point, as it gets. And I know they've had good runs now after the fact, and I know Adam Silver's done a great job of growing the game. To me, my glory is of watching NBA basketball are like from 1993 until about 2000, 2001. Hands down. The Jordan era, the Knicks, everything combined into one. Stupendous stuff. Now, our trip down memory lane today, maybe for one or two of you, would feature the John Starks dunk over Michael Jordan. So you guys are probably wondering, all right, where exactly am I going with this? Now, this was a topic inspired once again. I mean, listen, right now, Fleegs deserves more and more of a raise. I mean, listen, I told him already I'm more than willing to be his agent whenever the time comes. If he needs me to sit down and negotiate, well, I don't know how good my negotiation skills are, but listen, I'd be more than happy to give it a whirl on his behalf. But because of the game that was on our airwaves earlier in the evening, which of course was the Victor Cruz giant jet game and the Victor Cruz play that kind of changed the entire fortunes of that game And in many ways, it changed the entire fortunes of two particular franchises in the Giants in what they were able to do after the fact, beating Dallas, of course, beating the Jets on that Christmas Eve, and then going on and winning their second Super Bowl, which, for my money, cemented Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning as far as being Kent, Ohio bound. And you could be the biggest Eli Manning Defender, apologist on the planet, know this. If Eli didn't have the second Super Bowl, he would not sniff the Hall of Fame. Would not sniff the Hall of Fame. But he does have that second Super Bowl. And it was over the New England Patriots. And it really started in many ways that Week 16 game. Now, I don't want today to be the idea of, well, the greatest game you ever saw in person. Or the greatest moment they ever witnessed per se in person. No, I'm not talking in person, and I'm not talking the greatest game you ever saw. I'm talking about the individual moment, and there's a moment 
to me. Maybe it's one per each sport that just sticks out in your mind. Not a win. Not the idea of the Yankees winning the 96 World Series. But the Girardi triple or the Lairitz homer. Or maybe it's 93 and the Jordan watching John Starks posterize him and slam it home and take a 2-0 lead back to Chicago. Or maybe it is the Victor Cruz play. What is that individual moment for you? In a positive way. Now, I don't know if many Jeff fans listen to the show right now, including Mike Fliegelman. There's no way in the world the Victor Cruz play would fit that description. No, maybe it's a particular touchdown or a particular play in one of their two runs to an AFC title game. Maybe it was the Sean Green run uh, against the LA Chargers or the San Diego Chargers at the time. Maybe it's that. Thinking about this from my standpoint, and listen, to try to give you one above the rest is really, really hard. But I will tell you from a baseball standpoint, I think my answer is going to surprise a lot of you guys. Because I think most of you are going to say, oh, JJ, it's got to be the Aaron Boone homer. Or it's got to be the Girardi triple. Or it's the Brocious to the Tino home runs. All great as a Yankee fan. But for me, it's kind of 1995 where it all began for me. Getting into it, first time I'm seeing my Yankees in the postseason as a kid. And, you know, I grew up a big Don Mattingly fan. And I know for a lot of people who were in the building the first game when he got this raucous, raucous ovation and he gets an RBI hit that sends Yankee Stadium into a frenzy. Oh, that was cool. It was really, really cool. But for me, the vivid memory that stands out maybe above all, and it was not in the championship year, but it was this like coming of age and coming on the scene and being a part of what was going to happen for the next, I don't know, 15 or so years of my life. It was Don Mattingly going back to back, sending a ball into the right center field bleachers in which Gary Thorne is doing the broadcast and gives you the hold on to the roof. I mean, it gives me chills any time I watch it. So for me, like that moment, I mean, as a kid who's all in on watching Yankee baseball and then seeing that, the captain in the postseason, first ever home run, everybody going nuts, was like a zoo and end sum in the Bronx. That's probably going to be the one for me that takes the cake. The Mattingly homer. And I want to say it was against Andy Bennis. want to say it was against Andy Bennis of the Seattle, Seattle Mariners, not the Seattle Seahawks. Got a little bit to Tupo on my mind because I had him on the show yesterday. And he was terrific, too. Absolutely terrific. But I would say the Mattingly homer. And from a basketball standpoint with the New York Knickerbockers, it was the pacing back and forth in my room. My old house, before it was renovated, and it was like one of those attic rooms. So I'm watching the game by myself. I remember, we made sure, got back. It was an early game. The Knicks are playing the Miami Heat. And this was the year the Knicks were the number eight seed. And I'm watching this game. I'm back and forth. I'm pacing. I'm sweating. I'm nervous. 
And you just got the sense Miami was going to get the Knicks on that day. That trouble with Alonzo Mourning. That trouble with Tim Hardaway. Knicks have the ball down one. And it's this bounce of the ball with Allen Houston. In, out, in, out, in. Stunning the Miami Heat. And obviously sending the Knicks onto an improbable run to the NBA Finals. Now, I know for many of you, it might be the LJ four-point play. Which, in many ways, might have been more stunning. Because LJ was not a great three-point shooter. And he gets fouled. And he has to hit the foul shot. And from a moment standpoint, Madison Square Garden couldn't be more electric than it was on that particular night. But for me, the first two that I can think of, I gave you a baseball one with Mattingly, and it was Allen Houston shot going down and beating the Miami Heat. I remember just going crazy. I mean, I might have woke up all of Staten Island, New York for days with the screaming and yelling that I was doing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.